0: Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I'm Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Thursday. Thanks for joining me. Awesome show planned for you today. Matt Pearson, the new editor-in-chief of TheBlaze.com, of the newly relaunched TheBlaze.com. He's going to join us uh, to help us talk about our new speaker of the house. Uh, I've got a terrific fire starter and conversation that you and I will have for the next 30, 40 minutes, and then we'll bring Matt Pearson on. Uh, and then, you know, it'll be a wrap. So hopefully I'm going to do this show in an hour today. I'm not going to keep you uh, super long, but it is an important conversation we're going to have today about the Speaker of the House. Uh, before I get to my fire starter, uh, I want to tell you, give you guys some instructions about what we need to happen. I need you to start hitting the likes right now if you're watching over YouTube, make sure that you're Hit the subscription button, make sure you're telling your friends, make sure you're getting the notifications and leaving a comment in the, underneath the YouTube feed, leave a comment telling me what you think about the show and what you think about the conversation I'm having with you guys today. Vitally important, if you're listening over Apple, I need you to continue or for the first time or for the 15th time, hit that five-star review over Apple, help us fight the algorithm. Give me the five-star review. We need, we've got nearly 7,000 reviews right now. People have hit the—we need to get to 10,000 reviews. I'm not going to stop harping on this until we get to 10,000 reviews. Give me that five-star review. It's very important. It's your way of contributing to the success of this show. If you really want to contribute to the success of the show, you need to write a review also over Apple. Let's today, because this is going to be a terrific show and a terrific conversation, let's today do 150 written reviews, volunteer, just to write, hey, Jason, love you, love what you're doing, uh, great job today. Uh, you know, Tell me what you think about Israel and Hamas. Tell me what you think about the new Speaker of the House. Tell me what you think about anything. Just write a review over Apple. And what I'm going to guarantee is I'm going to do an awesome show for you today as a thank you uh, for what you guys are doing for me and in support of this show. Uh, before I get to the fire starter, I want to tell you guys about <laughs> our real purpose here, and that's our support of pre-born and our support of life. According to a recent study of hundreds of post-abortive women, 60% of women reported that who have chosen abortion, they would have preferred to give birth. And they received more support from others or had financial security. That's where pre-born steps in and steps up. Preborn provides ultrasounds to women that are expected mothers who are considering abortion. They introduce that baby to the mother with the heartbeat, with an image of the baby in the womb. That woman is now twice as likely to choose life and that is when pre-born really steps in and provides her all the support she needs to get through the pregnancy and the first two years of that baby's life. It's important that we, particularly the fearless soldiers that are men, it's important that we support preborn and support the idea, the belief, the fact that life starts at conception. That's a worldview that empowers us to make proper decisions once life comes outside of the womb. And so it's, it's central to our message, it's central to our uh, mission here at Fearless to raise up fearless men who support uh, preborn and life inside the womb and outside the womb. Whether you give $28 or whether you give $28,000, the money goes to pay for ultrasounds. It goes to supporting that woman who has chosen life. This is something that is vital to all of us that want to be members of the Fearless Army, all of us that want to be right with God. We need to support Preborn and the pro-life movement. I brought, I've introduced you guys to Dan Steiner, the founder of Preborn. We know where our money goes. Doesn't go to pay for mid-level executives. It goes to support expectant mothers and that baby inside the womb and outside the womb. Two ways to give, pound two five zero, city keyword baby. That's pound two five zero, city keyword baby. Or you can give the way that I like to give, uh, preborn.com slash fearless. That's preborn.com slash fearless. All right, uh, let's get to uh, our fire starter. Let me get in the right mental frame of mind uh, for this fire starter. I got a lot I want to say today. Systemic anti-black racism is an American reality. No, you have not actually tuned in to MSNBC or CNN. You're watching or listening to me right here at Blaze TV or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. It's me, it's Jason Whitlock. Give me a second, let me explain. Yesterday, Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson ascended to the position of Speaker of the House, justifying Florida Congressman Matt Gaetz's gambit to vacate Kevin McCarthy's speakership. Evangelicals should celebrate. Mike Johnson is a man of considerable conviction. He's pro-life, and he's refused to pretend that the 2020 election was corruption-free. I like Mike. People I respect, Matt Walsh, Jack Posobiec, and Mike Cerv- uh, Cernovich, uh, they're a bit more skeptical of our new speaker. They pointed to a June 2020 interview to raise skepticism over Johnson's conservative conviction. In the days after the death of St. George Floyd, Johnson consented to an interview with Walter Isaacson, a former CEO of CNN and president of the Aspen Institute, an allegedly nonpartisan nonprofit think tank. Isaacson, of course, asked Johnson about his emotions following the death of George Floyd a celebrated activist and American hero. Take a listen.
1: Uh, What did you feel when you watched the video of George Floyd being killed? I I was outraged. Uh, I I don't think anyone can view the video and objectively come to any other conclusion but that it was an act of of murder. And um, I I felt that initially as everyone did. it's so disturbing and you know the underlying issues uh beneath that are something that the country is now uh struggling with and i I think it's something we have to look at um very soberly and with a lot of empathy and and I'm, i'm glad to see that's happening around the country all
0: right so i'm not a fan of that response by mike johnson but i understand it conventional wisdom at the time of floyd's fentanyl induced death was that the white police officer Derek Chauvin brutally snuffed out a black taxpayer for the crime of passing a counterfeit $20 bill. Had Johnson spoken more honestly, he could have contributed to the seething racial unrest sweeping the country. Johnson chose an answer intended to tamp down emotion and protect his political career. Isason then asked a follow-up question. Johnson chose to personalize his response. That's what politicians are trained to do. They wanna sound relatable and sympathetic during times of crisis. They're celebrated for it. So Johnson, who is white, referenced his adopted black son, Michael. Johnson and his wife brought Michael, then age 14, into their home before they created their own children. Take a listen. You know, what it's taught me is we now have four other children uh, of our
1: own. And uh, my oldest son, Jack, ironically, this year is 14. And I've thought often through all these ordeals over the last couple of weeks about the difference in the experiences between my two 14-year-old sons, Michael being a black American and Jack being white Caucasian. They have different uh, challenges. Uh, My son, Jack has an easier path, he just does. The interesting thing about both of these kids, Michael and Jack, is they're both handsome, articulate, really talented kids, gifted by God to do lots of things. But the reality is, and no one can tell me otherwise, my son Michael had a harder time than my son Jack is going to have simply because of the color of his skin. And that's a reality. It's an uncomfortable, painful one to acknowledge, but people have to recognize that's a fact.
0: All right, so my only problem with this answer is Johnson did not elaborate and clarify why things were and will be harder for Michael, his black son. Systemic anti-black racism is an American reality. Johnson should have and should explain that. So should Matt Walsh, Jack Vasevic, and Mike Cernovich. Everyone should quit denying systemic anti-black racism. Johnson finished his comments to Iserson with these words. What should we do about that? I think that we
1: need, uh, we really do need systematic change. I think we need transformative solutions. I think we, we're at a moment where we can begin to do more to form that more perfect union, as it says in the first line of the constitution. You know.
0: All right, so the key here is understanding what wasn't said. What wasn't said is more problematic than what was said. Because again, I'm telling you, systemic anti-black racism exists here in America. Over the course of America's first 190 years, while white and black evangelicals deconstructed this system, this country system of anti-black laws, policies, and cultural norms. During the last 60 years, white and black progressive elites Rebuilt a system of anti-black cultural norms, laws, and policies. Starting with Lyndon Johnson's Great Society initiative, the Democratic Party convinced black Americans that our salvation and progress were tied to government assistance rather than obedience to and trust in God. The Great Society bribed black women to abandon the patriarchy, male leadership, and the nuclear family the central pillars of biblical faith. Our allegiance to Christianity allowed us to end slavery, Jim Crow, and segregation. Our faith in government destroyed our families and relegated us to an identity of entitlement and victimization. We're Samson and Democrats are Delilah. Christian faith was our long flowing locks of hair, our superpower. Does Mike Johnson's black adopted son have a more difficult path than his brother, Jack? Absolutely. Michael would be criticized for being adopted into a white family. He'll feel pressured via social media and other platforms to prove his blackness. Jack will never be chastised by his white friends for speaking proper English, excelling in academics, and not being able to recite Rick Ross's latest pornographic rap song. Black kids face those obstacles every day. If Jack chooses to model his father's Christian faith, white kids will not blast him for selling out and adopting a racist religion. In the world constructed by leftists, black kids and adults are constantly questioned about practicing a white man's religion. Jack is under no pressure to embrace a victim's mentality. Being a victim is not part of Jack's racial identity. Jack's culture is not framed as hip-hop, a form of commercial music that portrays black people as perverted, criminal, materialistic, addicted to drugs, emotional, and intellectually challenged. Jack is free to be a conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican. He won't automatically be deemed a social outcast among his peers for thinking the wrong thing. Through the music industry, academia, television, movies, corporate and social media, and corporate diversity, equity, and inclusion mandates, the left maintains a culture that systematically imposes low standards and even lower values on black people. These reduced standards and values are designed to destroy black men. Mike Johnson has told no lies. His black son, Michael, is facing a much stronger headwind than his white son, Jack. That does not mean Jack has a wind at his back. He doesn't. He's facing a headwind too. What is being done to black boys and men is now being done to heterosexual white men. I want to challenge Matt Walsh, Jack Pasebi, and Mike Cernovich to avoid harsh judgment of Mike Johnson until we've had a chance to make him elaborate on why his black adopted son faces a more difficult climb. What Johnson said in the summer of St. George Floyd might be different from what he should know to be true now. His white son is next on the chopping block. The massacre of men should unite all evangelicals. We united to end the previous forms of bigotry Democrats supported. We can do it again. We owe it to our ancestors. It's our calling. That's my fire starter. Now, let me elaborate, just in case I have not been crystal clear, and and I'm bending over backwards to be crystal clear today. Anti-black systemic racism exists. We need to embrace and accept that, and spell out for people exactly who built the system, who controls that system, who's running that system, and why they're doing it. They're trying to emasculate men across the board, heterosexual, Christian men across the board. Black men just happen to be on the front lines. They've been emasculating and eviscerating and destroying us for 60 years. Those chickens are now coming home to roost as they turn their sights. And I understand why Matt Walsh and Jack Pasebiak and, and Mike Cernovich, I understand why they're frustrated and, 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 and they're fearful of like, hey, what's going? what are they planning for us? What are they planning for my kids? And what they're planning is exactly what they've done to black men and black boys. And that's why we need to unite as believers. And we need to identify to people exactly what anti-black racism looks like, and it looks like the matriarchy. It looks like a culture that abandons the patriarchy, abandons male leadership, and abandons God. Because that's what we have done and we have allowed to happen to us as black people. That's what's been And I don't want to paint us as victims because we all have choices. I have chosen to reject that programming, but I'm not going to lie and say that that programming does not exist, and that it is difficult to resist that programming, because it is. And they're now, and this is why I love Matt Walsh, and I love Jack, and I love Mike Cernovich, because they can see, and they're trying to stop like, Hey, what's going on here in America is crazy. And what's going on globally is crazy. And the destruction of men is crazy. You can't build a society based on the matriarchy, not a successful one. And 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 they they're looking at a society that's like, well, hold on, Daniel Penny defends himself and defends people on a subway train in New York. And man. They're throwing this guy in jail and they're sending a message out to all men, particularly white men at this time. Don't you do anything in defense of yourself or in defense of others. We will criminalize it and throw you beneath a jail. I get why you're frustrated, but I, I-, I want you to recognize this has already been done to us. What is what you're experiencing right now has already been done to us. Look, I don't know anybody in the media space who from day one on January 6th, 2021, I was on the right side of the so-called insurrection. I was calling BS on January the 6th. I wasn't saying the polite things. I wasn't going along with the narrative. I was like, oh, they finna do all of these people wrong. They're fitting to exaggerate and blow this entire thing out of proportion, and they're going to bury these people underneath the jail. And I remember I wrote a column, and people were like, oh my God, I can't, <laughs> because I, I, I called it a, a college fraternity panty raid that got a little out of hand. And oh, how dare you? There was all this violence, and it was an insurrection. And I was like, no, man, this is some BS that they're going to use to destroy uh, the MAGA party and people that support Trump and it's garbage. And the moment I saw the video and heard the story about Ashley Babbitt, instantly, I was, this is a crime, this was murder. I didn't wait for the winds to start blowing in a different direction. I called it out from day one. So, I'm asking everybody to recognize Though we need, as men in particular, we need to unite heterosexual Christian believers. We need to unite and realize we're both under attack, that the things that the left has been doing to black people and the destruction, the annihilation, the evisceration of our biblical culture has been intentional. That is a system that they put in place. And and I don't know if Mike Johnson's ready to have that conversation publicly, but I hope that he is because he's right in terms of what his black son is facing. The peer pressure, the, the social media pressure, the standards that have been applied to him, the expectations that have been placed on him by the culture at large that the left has built, all of that is intended to destroy his son. And they're building the exact same system to destroy your sons, whether they're black or white. There is systemic racism, what the left has been doing, what the Democrats have been doing to black people for hundreds of years, including the defense of slavery, including the defense of Jim Crow, that was all Democrats, including the creation of the KKK. They put a system in place. And then in the 1960s, when in evangelicals, when we finally ended uh, their last system of segregation and Jim Crow, they pivoted to a new strategy. We're going to totally destroy their family. We're going to totally emasculate their men. I've talked about it previously on this show. But sometimes you just gotta find a new way to say the exact same thing. But if you go back to the Moynihan Report in 1965, and we're sitting there at a very critical time, coming out coming out from the Civil Rights Movement, and, and Daniel Patrick Moynihan, who worked for Lyndon Johnson, put together the Moynihan Report, and the Moynihan Report called for an investment in the black family led by an investment in the black man. Go reread the Moynihan report. This is just all factual information. And corporate media, the left, framed Moynihan and his report as racist. How dare you say that America should invest in the black family and the black man? How dare you? That's racist. I'm not making it up. You can go read the history for yourself. The man was demonized for writing a report that said, hey, you know what we need to do here coming out of all the, you know, we're we're finally giving black people equal access to everything. And so what we need to do to make sure this is a success is make sure that the black man and the black family are strong. We, We can't the man was smart enough to realize, a matriarchal society, a society run by women and single mothers with a bunch of emasculated men, it's biblically unsound, there's no uh, history, recorded history in the planet where some matriarchal society has worked, and so he instruct, he wrote up a report suggested it to Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson initially pretended to be on board with it, gave a speech, I believe at Howard University, endorsing the Moynihan Report. And then the media came out, and I think it was in the New York Times, or some of the New York papers, came out and started calling Moynihan racist, and this report racist, and then they came in with the great society. We're gonna invest in the black woman. We're gonna have the government cut women checks for running men out of their house and out of their lives. We're going to give these women welfare and government dependency. And we're going to make the black man number two to the black woman. They put systems in place. They installed a culture. How do you go from, the Cosby Show, and I know I'm moving time frames or whatever, but 80s, the Cosby Show as uh, the premier most popular show in the country, those family values being promoted to all of America, but black America, to what we have now. How, how, how do you go from from that to where we are now? To the equalizer and all this other garbage we got on with, Fat 50 year old black women out jumping off balconies and chasing down the KKK or the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys or whatever, making heroes of every overweight black woman in the country. And I, I apologize to overweight black women. Yes, I'm an overweight black man. But, but let's deal in reality. Virtually all of popular culture, all of TV, all of corporate media celebrates the black woman. Oprah Winfrey is the gold standard. She's the new Martin Luther King. She's the new Malcolm X. What has she done? And and, I I, I have never really had a problem with Oprah. Nice little daytime TV show. But she's no kind of leader. She's no kind of public intellectual. She's no kind of, she's not Thomas Sowell. She's not Clarence Thomas. I'm not supposed to believe there's a system designed to destroy the black men when I've watched what has gone on with Clarence Thomas and Thomas Sowell for years, for decades. Educated, well spoken, uh, properly presented, properly presented black men are under attack, they're destroyed, they're smeared as low character, sellouts, the bane of black society. And I'm not, there's no system in place that's doing that, repeatedly, nonstop. There's no system that keeps saying, no, 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 Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, uh, Little Wayne, Meek Mill, all these idiots who can barely speak English, can't write English, promote debauchery, materialism, criminality, violence, they're the good guys. Jay-Z, he's the good guy. Hey, NFL, let's partner up with Jay-Z. George Floyd, he's, one, he's a great American hero. Let's build a statue celebrating George Floyd. Let's pretend like he didn't overdose on drugs and he didn't cause Derek Chauvin and those other police officers to restrain him for 10 minutes. Let's all pretend. Let's all go off into a fantasy world where George Floyd was on his way to church that day. And then after after church, he was planning to help old ladies cross the street in the rain. let's, Let's live in that fantasy world. I'm not supposed to believe this is by design. Everybody telling the exact same lie, every television network, every social media influencer or the majority of them all telling the same lie. That's not a system. CNN, MSNBC, the NPR all look at the same thing you and I are looking at and, and then you force people because like, they, they, they create the hysteria and then they create the ramifications for telling the truth. That's how Mike Johnson gets interviewed in June of 2020 and tells some half truth because he's forced to. Because if he tells the whole truth at that time, Mike Johnson knows oh boy, someone's gonna use this to perhaps go to Louisiana, my home state, go to my city. And riot, protest, loot, burn, if if I say the wrong thing. Or if I say the truth, I'm sorry. So let me sit up here and participate in the lie and tell oh God. I looked at that and there's no doubt that was a murder. And I'm t i am looked at it and I went out I, I, I was like, Yeah, I, I think, you know, he should have got up off of George Floyd, but murder? Maybe involuntary manslaughter, but certainly not murder. And and I certainly am not for pretending like George Floyd didn't greatly contribute to his own death. And I was saying that in May, when it happened, May of 2020, when it happened. But I'm a nut job and, and, and I don't care. And I'm not running for political office. But there is a system in place to subtly police everyone's expressions and thoughts and what they can say publicly. And so Mike Johnson, three years later, looks like an idiot and looks like he's promoting CRT. Maybe he is, but I want to have the discussion with him because everything else I hear from this man, he sounds very rational, very grounded in the Bible. He sounds like someone it's a big upgrade and improvement over Kevin McCarthy as it relates to Speaker of the House, I don't want to just throw him out and say, oh, he supports CRT, because we're uncomfortable saying, like, no, 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 no. The left built a system, and they've always had a system. They created the KKK. They supported slavery. They support Planned Parenthood. They support eugenics. They support the matriarchy. They want men running around with their balls cut off. This is a system. Planned Parenthood and the slaughter of black babies, that's a system. We need to accept that truth, and argue against it. That's our only problem right now, is that we won't accept that truth and argue against it. When it came to slavery, evangelicals were like, hey, this is wrong, slavery's wrong, blah, blah. When it came to segregation and Jim Crow, we were willing to say, yep, there's Jim Crow, there's segregation, this is wrong. The emasculation and the evisceration of black men and the black family That's a system no different than Jim Crow, no different than slavery. And we need to call it out and do something about it and make the left deal with the latest form of bigotry that they have invented. That truth is necessary so that people will understand exactly what's going on to white heterosexual men as well. They got the exact same blueprint for you. They want you beholden to your woman and running around. Oh, are we showing enough empathy and sympathy? Let's compromise the Bible. Everybody just needs to accept the LGBTQ and the alphabet mafia. And you just got love is love. You just got to let people live. You got to let them out of the closet or they'll kill themselves. to give him a Bible. So <clears throat> anyway, that's my uh, defense of Mike Johnson. I, I'm going to, we're going to try to get Mike Johnson on the show perhaps next week. I'd love to have a conversation with him, fill him out on the issue. I'm, you know, I'm sh- he's probably scared to death because, you know, th- th- there's no, there's no way as a evangelical and as a Republican uh, to protect yourself from allegations of racism. It doesn't matter that he and his wife, before they had their own kids, brought a black kid into their home and raised him. He still could be, you know, or probably more than likely, he, st- he is racist now just for doing that. How dare you help a young black boy? My God. Don't you know that's Angelina Jolie's job and whoever these other Hollywood elites are that, that adopt these black kids from Africa and immediately put them in a dress and makeup? Those are the good white people. The ones that transition black kids into black boys into being girls. Those are the good white people. G- guys like Mike Johnson and his wife that take a black kid to church and bring them into their home, those are the evil people. They're colonizers that they want those kids to assimilate into the white man's religion and into stereotypical masculine male god-fearing behavior Mike Johnson's evil it, it's it's no good deed goes unpunished I mean I, you, you go look look at how toxic this thing is and and yes I'm telling you just how much harder it is for this black kid raised by look at look what Colin Kaepernick and how he went haywire White family brings him into their home, loves him when his own parents don't want nothing to do with him, and he turns on them. White family brings Michael Orr into their house, help him get a football scholarship, send him along in life. This dude got 11, 12 brothers and sisters who were all neglected by their mother and father, and then, what, 15 years later, he turns on uh, the Tui family. It's tough. I, I get it, and I understand why people are frustrated, but we got to stay grounded in the word, and we got to stay grounded in doing the right things and suffering the consequences for doing the right thing, because there will be consequences in this very secular world. Doing the right thing, there's a price to be paid. Embrace it. And I, I know many of these guys are. I don't want anybody to sound like I'm attacking any of these guys, because Matt Walsh is certainly paying a price for standing on his biblical values, and I got nothing but respect for him. But let, let's, let's, let's give Mike Johnson the benefit of the doubt. Let's invite him into a conversation. L- let's help him understand who is actually operating the systemic oppression that is going after all of these young men, regardless of color. Let's help him understand that. And then as Speaker of the House, let's encourage him to do something about it. Uh, I'm going to bring on uh, Matt Peterson here in a second, but first I want to tell you guys about uh, one of my... Oh, this is a great day. I get to talk about pre-born, and then I get to talk about liver health formula. You guys know I've been using liver health formula for more than two years to help me fight my fatty liver. Uh, the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that Uh, Adults with a fatty liver are three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. There's a solution, liver health formula, an all-natural supplement, which contains contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Manufactured right here in the U.S. of A. and approved by American doctors. So... If you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula and receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula to reduce sugar cravings when you order today. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com Jason. That's getliverhelp.com Jason. Get your free bonus gift, getliverhelp.com Jason. I've been using stuff for more than two years. Why, well, I look better. And, and continue to improve. I think I look good today, don't I? Uh, anyway, anyway uh, make sure uh, you guys tune in on Thursday, November 2nd to the Fearless Cookout Gold Jacket Edition. Uh, we'll be joined by NFL Hall of Famers right here in Nashville Brett Favre, Warren Sapp, Marshall Falk, Brian Erlacher. That's live Thursday, November 2nd. Make sure you watch the show. If you want to come in and watch the taping of it, you can buy tickets at Fearless Army Tickets. .com. That's Tickets.com. You get to hang out with me, a bunch of guys in the NFL Hall of Fame as we talk football, eat some barbecue, have a little fun, have a beer, beverage or two. Uh, FearlessArmyTickets.com. Matt Peterson, uh, the new editor-in-chief of TheBlaze.com. Next. I want to
1: go to heaven with freedom. It's my obligation, on hate discrimination. Raising up your hands for freedom.
0: Jason Whitlock, previously on Fearless. This is where, I, hats off to Dana White. Because, you know, you, you many of you all can sit around and color code how you see the world. I make choices based on values. This man having the courage as a commissioner of a league and with all the corporate pressure for him not to bow to the transgender, the alphabet mafia. Never gonna back me up off of Dana White. I I Bud Light is going to exist. They're going to spend money with some company. Why not celebrate the fact they're spending it with the UFC? And 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 look, I prefer boxing, but but I get what the UFC is selling. I get what Dana White is selling. He knows that that masculinity is under such attack and there's such a shortage of masculinity. He's going to give you, he's going to sell you masculinity in its rawest form, mixed martial arts, that whole slap league he's got going on or whatever. He's just selling you toxic masculinity. And I would rather have toxic masculinity than no masculinity. Hats off to Dana White. friends of mine that are uh, being critical of Dana White, rethink your position. How do we want these things to end? Shouldn't people, Bud Light hopped on board briefly with this transgender thing, and now they are uh, backing away from that. They're repenting, and they just gave Dana White uh, reparations. Why shouldn't we celebrate that? All right, welcome back. I want to tell you guys about the Association of Mature American Citizens. Uh, Not talking about them here at the beginning. There's an organization out there, though, that still backs Obamacare, gun control, and extreme transgender policies that endanger our children. And while they claim to be bipartisan, the truth is that last year, 95% of their donations went to Democrats. That organization is the AARP and it doesn't represent the values of American seniors. Fortunately, there's a conservative alternative. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, proudly champions Americans' rights to free speech, religious liberty, and the Second Amendment. AMAC is the leading conservative advocacy and benefits organization, and defends parents' rights to protect their children. Joining gives you access to special low rates on cell phones, plans, health and wellness products, travel and lodging, vision, dental and prescription drugs. So join today. Let's send AARP a strong message that they don't represent conservative seniors, which I am one, I'm 56. And now I am, I am a lifetime member of AMAC. You can join me today, amac.us slash fearless. That's, That's amac.us slash fearless. That's A-M-A-C dot Forward slash fearless. Come join me as a lifetime member of AMAC. You won't regret the decision. We need someone fighting for us and what we believe in our values. You don't got to be my age to join AMAC. You can be 35, 40, whatever, but come join us. Get in the fight. All right, uh, let's roll out to Dallas and bring in the editor in chief of Blaze Media, Matt Peterson. Matt has, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about this as well. Matt has launched our new website theblaze.com uh you know what let's let's just start there before i ask you about mike johnson because you've written an interesting piece today about mike johnson as well but before i do any of that i just tell us about uh the new website and what people can find when they get there and why they should uh be hopping over to theblaze.com and becoming a subscriber
2: absolutely thanks jason uh, for having me on today this has been a crazy week uh, for all of us here because uh, we're thrilled to, to launch this thing. And we're just, it's like, it's like all of a sudden you have, you know, the new car and you're just driving it out, uh, you know, giving, giving it its paces. And uh, there, there's so much we've just begun to do. But what you should know if you're listening is that the first thing is we decided to get rid of the ads. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but one of the most annoying things with forget even just our site, but all conservative media to me is the fact that they all have these disgusting ads that are really owned by big tech. And the thing that was happening here and what what drew me to even be at the blaze in the first place was the realization uh, that, that we had here that they're already demonetizing us. So you can take their money. Right. And just they put up these automatically these disgusting ads and you gotta scroll through, read more, read more. And everyone does that because it's sort of free money, right? I mean, that's how you get paid. You get clicks and you, you know, you link up to the ad network. What we did is rip the band-aid off and just say, no, we're not doing this anymore. They're demonetizing us anyway. Our numbers can go up and what they pay us goes down. So why are we doing this? Uh, and the only way that we can do that, right, is by saying to you, the audience, support us. And, I mean, support us at $3 a month, right? A cup of coffee a month. We'll get rid of all of that, and we will start building up new, exciting content that we know you want, stuff that we've all dreamt of doing uh, in this space. And that's what we've begun to do.
0: Matt, one of the things I love about it, because it's always frustrated me, Mm -hmm. having worked at some of the larger mainstream sports media outlets, Mm -hmm. uh, you would write excellent content and you know when I worked at just being on I worked at espn.com you would they would lay it out beautifully mm-hmm. in a very attractive way very, you know that would invite the reader in but now you go to these conservative sites and most sites nothing looks good on the page nothing's pleasing to the eyes mm-hmm. nothing's inviting that's not the case with our new website things look amazing the website looks as crisp and as clean and as inviting and as creative as anything out there. It looks better than ESPN.com, and again I know we're not, but it certainly looks better than Fox News and CNN and all that other stuff. To see us on the conservative side do something creative, that's what's really inspiring and pleasing to me, is that we're tapping into the creative and the artsy part of things that we normally just have not done
2: yeah i mean i'm so glad you say that it drives me absolutely nuts uh, that no one on our side seems to care about that and you start to wonder what do they really care about at all if they don't care about the craft and and how the thing looks because you know the medium is the message if if you're going to say something important right you you probably shouldn't be wearing uh you know shorts and a t-shirt i mean and that's all you see on our side, and it was it was part because of the money, but people just got sloppy, I think, in the in the digital age. Uh, and this is you're so right about this. I mean, Alexander here is brilliant, amazing designer, uh, but the conscious thought here was we need to take people back to the printed page when things were actually physically beautiful, and 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 uh, I, I think it's it's really really important. And I think if you go now, if you just go 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 to theblaze.com, you have to look at it and just check it out, I think everyone will agree.
0: Matt, I want to get down to business. Mm. You and I both wrote pieces today about Mike Johnson. There's a new Speaker of the House. I think most people seem to agree mm. that this is an upgrade from Kevin McCarthy and that Matt Gates uh, has a big win here. But there is some... Pushback against Mike Johnson. Uh, I've been talking about Jack Posobiec and and Matt Walsh and Mike Cernovich, couple, two or three guys that I really respect that are concerned about some interview Mike Johnson did in, in, in uh, 2020 related to George Floyd mm-hmm. that, you know, they feel like, you know, he sounds like he's a proponent of CRT. I'm not nearly as concerned about that as, as they are. Uh, but anyway your thoughts on on Mike Johnson as the Speaker of the house
2: yeah I, I you know I was listening to what you were said earlier and I agree that you know there's some problems obviously in that interview I appreciate what you were saying I, I look at this as um, look my my first baseline is I don't trust politicians it's it's an, and I don't get paid to trust politicians and I don't care whether they're on your side not on your side whatever uh, these are people who um, you know are usually at their best when they do what they're told (laughs) you know and the problem is who's doing the telling and it's their job to sort of shape shift you know so uh when it comes to to politicians you have to really get to know them you have to see them over time and like many other people i don't know mike johnson well enough now uh, i do know that uh, i know people who work with him um fairly well um, I know a lot of people who know him, who I know well, right? And generally, what I'm hearing is, and what I'm feeling is, is similar. This guy seems pretty solid. I mean, uh, you know, let's let's see how he does. At the same time, no, none of these people should be anointed uh, by anyone in the audience or any voters. We'll see. The proof isn't what you do over time, and that job, being Speaker of the House, now for the last, you know, eight plus years. Uh, going back, you know, to Paul Ryan when he was the hero, and then everything fell apart. That's a really tough position. I mean, I, I mean, even Boehner had problems keeping things together, right? Back in the day, it was a, it's been a disaster for a while. So it's almost a job that, uh, do, do you really want? And I thought he gave a pretty decent speech. I mean, he seemed like a man who actually cares uh, about America, which is a good thing. Um, you know, God forbid we have that. But we'll see. And here's the thing. The proof will be in the pudding for me. When it comes to releasing the January 6 footage, the House Republicans have talked a big game about this for a long time. Uh, but you know everything seems to be uh, slowed down and uh, we'll see if he if he gets that process rolling again, that to me is a great first sign that he's serious about this job.
0: So Matt, you bring up January 6 and I know you guys have been doing some important reporting. On January 6th, we've had Steve Baker on the show, who's been probably the best journalist, uh, fact-checking and just trying to correct the narrative about January 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think on two days ago, we released another story uh, from Steve Baker about Harry Dunn, the, the celebrated yeah. police officer, the six-foot-six kind of giant police officer, black police officer that, that allegedly was called the N-word, and and there just doesn't seem this is on January 6th he was allegedly, as, you know, verbally assaulted by all these MAGA, racist Trump supporters. But there just doesn't seem to be any visual or audio evidence evidence that back up what Harry Dunn says. And in fact, the evidence kind of points the other direction that it it just didn't happen. Could you tell us a little bit about what Steve Baker's been reporting and? I don't think he's done with that story. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for the work you've already done and having him on and
2: talking about these issues. I think it's really important that we get to the truth of what happened. I think it's important for America, for all of America, that we get to the truth about what happened on January 6th. And the disturbing thing is that the truth is out there because the video exists of most of the day. There are Tens of thousands of hours of footage. So, in the case of Officer Dunn, you have a guy who just released his book called "Standing My Ground" on Tuesday. He got a book deal. You know, he was all over the media, and the biggest story that kind of broke him to the world was his claim uh, that yes, he was called the N-word uh, multiple times. People were chanting. It, story changes, right? But people were chanting it at him uh, on that fateful day. And the problem is that the the places in which he describes it happening and the circumstances that he sets up in his various accounts, uh, some of them you can just check on video and it's like, well, didn't happen there because we can see it. And in some cases here that it didn't happen. Uh, and most of that day, we know where he was. We've done our duty about the day in the life of Officer Dunn um, and. We will be laying out that story. And the problem is that most of what's in his book and a lot of what he said in his trial, the most important parts of the trial, they look like they were all lies. And, you know, I I almost feel like a lot of people are so used to uh, false accusations of racism, right, that they look at that story and go, well, of course that didn't happen. But I don't I don't think, you know, I don't think we should belittle this. I mean, here is a guy who is an officer who is allowed to claim in the press without being questioned. At One one of his accounts is 20, 30, 40 or 50 people were chanting this at him. And, you know, I'm sort of like, I, I think, uh, you know, if, uh, if 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 two or three or more are gathered and they're they're chanting that word in public at up. Uh, An armed officer on Capitol Hill that day, it would seem very, very unlikely that somehow it wasn't captured. I mean, in the moments that, you know, you don't see him on camera, it's like he went into an office room or, or whatever. I mean, so the whole story is sort of ludicrous on its face. Uh, but when you really look at the details, which Steve actually did, and of course, no mainstream journalist dared to do. They didn't even think about doing it. And you look at everything he said, including the the clothes that this woman was wearing, either a pink hat or a pink shirt, uh, MAGA lady was he was yelling this word at him. I mean, th- she doesn't exist. We don't see anyone with that clothing anywhere in any of the footage. Now, when you look at all the details and they fall apart, I mean, it's just it's just another sign that people were allowed to just make stuff up about that day. And, and look, I don't think, and Steve doesn't think that uh, that Officer Dunn uh, actually came up with all these stories himself, right? I mean, he certainly he certainly came up with some of them, uh, but, it, but the fact that he has a narrative in which he appears in every single um, major event that day in his book, and he claims that he was, you know, it's like he's traipsing around the Capitol and he happens to be there at all these key moments. Uh, I mean... It's 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 bizarre. Uh, And and I hope he didn't he didn't come up with this, uh, you know, all on his own. It would have been an incredible master plan uh, to tell this story. But it sure looks like over time it evolved uh, as he got involved with um, with with some other folks. And it's disturbing. It's disturbing.
0: Matt, I've taken some criticism because I like talking about January 6th and some people just move on, Jason. It's over. It's in the rearview mirror. And and I just don't believe that. I I I can't I don't think this story is vitally important because it's at the center of demonizing people that support Trump. And 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 beyond demonizing people that support Trump, it's it's demonizing half mm-hmm. of the country. Half yep. of the country. If if you were someone that voted for Trump. You, you somehow are a part of an insurrection and you are a racist based off of Harry Dunn or you're a sellout and an Uncle Tom. I, I just think that speaking up for people on January 6th is what journalists are supposed to do. Speak up for the voiceless. Speak up for the marginalized. Speak up for the people that have been unfairly smeared. and and And... So I, I'm not going to leave the story alone. I'm glad uh, you guys have We had Tarek Johnson on, who, who is black officer, lieutenant, higher ranking, who actually is on video doing the things he said he did that helped and saved people on that day. Uh, and, and again, I don't know if I said this word, but Tarek Johnson is black. And again, he was on this show. But it's like no one wants to hear from him. They only want to hear from uh, the guy who was on the force for 16 years, never elevated himself. Uh, And if you just like listen to him, you can tell, like, hey, man, I think this guy's intellectually challenged. Mm. Uh, (laughs) But he's the most credible source, so I'm not going to let the story go. I'm glad the Blaze isn't letting the story go. Uh, And I'm glad I enjoyed your piece today because I'm right there with you. Mike Johnson, if he wants to score points with me, uh, go ahead and release all of those January six tapes to the public. We need that truth.
2: Amen to that. I, I agree, and I mean there were heroes that day too. I mean I people need to realize like the, 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 there were heroes on the Capitol Hill police force who did the right thing, and what's disgusting is is how it's been used. And I I think what you're saying is so true. We're not over it and it's not a, it's not an issue as time goes on you, you can see this separate it's not an issue that's about whether you support Trump or Biden or even a Republican or Democrat This is really about the rule of law and justice and what it means to be America what it means to be an American and speaking up for the powerless absolutely
0: Thank you Matt uh, if where, where do people go to sup- uh, sup- subscribe to blaze? media or blaze news i'm sorry uh is it just as simple as going to blaze.com you just go to the
2: blaze.com right now limited time only you can see everything on there you can just you know go in and, and enjoy enjoy the site uh and uh, it will be very easy to find where to subscribe the box will pop up and you can just say keep freeloading uh for as long as you want but we encourage you to support us because we're going to do uh, great things with with that support
0: All right. Well, thank you, Matt. And uh, we'll have you back on again. Uh, Thank you so much. And and guys, I I just want to reiterate his point. Go to TheBlaze.com. Listen, the way they manipulate the media, the way they manipulated the Hunter Biden story and so many other stories, so many other falsehoods, and they use Google and these big tech to manipulate these stories and to undermine the truth. And, And that's why we're asking you, to ante up and get in the fight with us. We need a, a little bit of support. It's just $3 a month. Cup of coffee. You know, a cheap can of beer. Uh, <laughs> I think, I don't know, I haven't bought a can of beer in so long. I think it's probably $3. But anyway, that's all it is. And you get to support journalism that will get at the truth and will protect the values that you respect. Uh, that's it for us today. We'll play tomorrow. And we'll see you. Kirk Cameron's going to be here tomorrow. You don't want to miss that. Uh Give me those five-star reviews on Apple. All right, we'll see you.
1: Nothing in life, like freedom. Came
2: like a fighter, striking like a ladder. Making all this news for freedom.
1: I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation. We all just want to have freedom. sitting on a car. Never been alone, break. i break my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back, we are receiving All when we all wanna be free We want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just want, I wanna be I just want, I wanna be I just want